Hello and welcome to another season of Mountain Biking with the Wisconsin Interscholastic Cycling League. I'm your host, John Yeager, and I'll be interviewing and talking to the people in the league that make these races happen. This podcast is brought to you by Point Forward Physical Therapy, moving you in the right direction, where we maximize your performance in life and in sport. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today I have Renee Griswold, the Grand Puba of Wisconsin High School Cycling, otherwise known as the league director, right, Renee? Is that correct? I feel like I should have a hat for that. You should with <laughs> yes, big blue buffalo. Yeah, like a big character, a character has that hat for being the Grand Puba. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that would be fabulous. But well, we'll get you a hat. I don't know if you need to have. I do hat. like my Nike hats. So yeah. well, that works. <laughs> anyway. So tell us, we did, we made it through Manuka this year and we weren't actually building a boat and collecting animals this time. We were not. It was a fabulous weekend for racing. It was. No mud. So that was a, that was nice. Dust. And quite the, yeah, quite the opposite. Lots of dust. Mm -hmm. So do you have any takeaway thoughts or advice or anything you want to share about moving forward after, after Manuka? You know, it's we have our huge kickoff at Telemark where we have the whole league and then we we dial it back and we do a half league race at Manuka and it was huge. We had 650 kids, which um, exceeded our expectations for a half league race. Um, and that was really tremendous. There's a lot of athletes that are giving racing a try now that we have our new high school open category. So it was really nice to see um, kids new to the racing aspect of NICA on the course this weekend. Um, I hope we see the same at Lowe's Creek. It, having that that one lap category opens the door, I think, for new athletes to give the race course a try. Um, and both Manuka and Lowe's Creek, I think, are really friendly to newcomers. Um, so I'm looking forward to to continuing that before we get back to another big league race, full league race, and then go in a couple of weeks. So another really important question, is it Manuka or Manuka? Well, you know, it technically, I think, is Manuka. Um, but I think the first couple of times someone told me about the park, they pronounced it Manuka. So that's just what stuck in my head. But I think if you look at the spelling, it is Manuka. Okay. Well, I know I've heard it. I've heard it both ways for sure. And not just <laughs> from you. So I always kind of wonder, you know, am I, I wonder what's supposed to be right. All right. Anyway. Um, so tell me, what was your favorite part of this weekend? Oh my gosh. Those moments are always so hard to narrow down because there's always so many. I think the my favorite part of the weekend was the beginning of the varsity girls race. Just standing at the start line and Carrie, our announcer, walks down the line and has the athletes that are in the leads for the series give their name and their team. And the varsity girls all are on different teams. There's not a lot of duplication for the girls that are at the top of that field. And every single time that one of them introduced themselves, the rest of the field just whooped and hollered and cheered for each other. Um, and that, I think, was definitely my favorite moment, just to see the camaraderie of these girls. And then at the very end of the race, the sprint finish, I just happened to catch it out of the corner of my eye. It just, it was a close finish. It was a hard fought finish. And when it was over, the two girls that came in first and second just jumped into each other's arms with, joy for one another and for the fun that they had just had. So I think those were, that was my biggest takeaway from the weekend is just watching that camaraderie of those, those upper level athletes um, and how much support they have for each other after getting to know each other all these years. 
Well, and kind of tied to that, I was back at the split off for where JV3 varsity split into the, the more complex terrain. And that group of girls, like in that area, it, it switched, there were quite a few switchbacks. And those first four, when they came through, you would never know they were working. They were just jabbering, just <laughs> like yelling from the front to the back, to the middle, to the like they just they were having just the most wonderful conversation you could ever have out in the woods. That's great. It's fun. That's great. So the other great story from this weekend, um, I was walking through the pit zone as people were tearing things down and one of the um, coaches stopped me and she said i know people come to you a lot with things that are going wrong but can i tell you something that was awesome and i said yes of course you can tell me something that was awesome um, one of her athletes had a mechanical issue with his bike and he hadn't yet had not yet raced but they were, they were having trouble getting the tire to seal that they were replacing on this bike there was the team next to them had the um, some of the equipment that they needed. And one of the athletes, it was a peer, I think they were seventh or eighth grade boys. Um, they worked together for over an hour to get this tire ready to go. The athlete from the other team brought all the tools he could find that they needed and they got the tire fixed. Um, and just that, again, sense of camaraderie for someone on a different team um, and how willing the athletes are to help each other is something that just brightens my day when I hear those kinds of things. It's really unique to see that with the, I mean, they're competitors, but like you said, there's camaraderie that that supersedes the competition. It's really, yeah. I don't know, I enjoy that, which is why I do what I do and you do what you do. Yeah. So moving into the race side of things, are you happy with the scheduling, the way it's going where we're starting out with the varsity racing and then going to the middle school later in the day? It is working so well. I know there was some skepticism going into the season, particularly around um, two major things people were worried about were the early rising that the varsity athletes have to do to eat on time, um, to be digested and ready to race. And the second was having middle schoolers kind of wait around all day. What are they going to do all day? And will they have enough energy after any sort of shenanigans they might have come down with <laughs> over the course of the morning? Um, and we're not seeing either of those as being a concern. In fact, it's really doing what we wanted it to do. We really wanted to increase the sense of community by having the younger athletes, less experienced athletes, be around to watch the older, more experienced athletes compete. It's inspiring. It shows them what's in front of them. It, get, it also helps those older athletes, those more experienced athletes, because they have more fans in the in the woods around them. The amount of people that are cheering them on during their very long races um, is super encouraging and gives them a lot of boost and a lot of energy. What it also has done is once those upper level athletes have finished their race, they're not off worrying about their race anymore. They're done for the day. So now they are an excellent example and an excellent support system for the other athletes that still have to compete. So they are there um, helping get bikes ready, giving tips on the course, doing all kinds of team building and encouragement to the, the younger members of their team. And then those middle school athletes are rocking it. They are ready to go. They've got a one lap race. It's after lunch. They've, they're energized. They've been sort of inspired by what they've seen in the morning. And the amount of people that are sticking around for that whole complete day has gone up 
And I think people are understanding that they are part of a much bigger whole than they perhaps realized um, in past years when, when the athletes would kind of come in the morning, do their thing and leave. Now they see kind of the whole package and all of the bits and pieces that go into a NICA event weekend in Wisconsin. So super pleased, really, really glad with the outcome that we're seeing. Um, we were we were hoping for this and we're seeing it come to fruition is really, really exciting. We've got lots more fun to be had. It is really unique. I mean, you'd never saw the numbers on the course uh, as far as for the varsity crew when they went out and to just see even a fraction of what you'd see for a middle school race, because that was always the thing in past years. We just have so many wonderful fans for the middle school and then we get to varsity and that it was very sparse. And it's so refreshing to see that. I mean, now it's just a steady stream of just support. And all day long. Yeah. All day long. All day long. Yeah. It's really, I really enjoy it. So let's talk about the course because this is the first time we've ever split the course by abilities. Did that work out the way that you and, uh, and Angela had hoped? It did. We, we got a lot of feedback last year that, that a lot of our athletes who'd been in the league for a while feel like, you know, we've kind of been there, done that. We don't have a lot of venues in Wisconsin that can accommodate an event that's as big as our events are. So we are trying to use the events that we can have our, that have the support for the parking and the camping. And we're trying to kind of spice them up a little bit, uh, make them a little more interesting for the athletes who've ridden them year after year after year. And by having the two courses, I think we've been able to, to make some progress in that area. So while it definitely creates more work for the staff, um, especially the people out on course like you, John, it was something rewarding, I think, for the athletes to be able to, to um, put their more advanced skills to use by having that longer course for our varsity and JV3 and some more technical features built into it, things that we've never integrated into our races before, things that, that less experienced athletes would struggle with or would have to walk through, we can put those in the more advanced course so that the kids can work towards that as a goal later. Um, and it gives those who've been with us for so many years that added challenge to keep their races interesting. So we were very successful with that at Manuka. We intend to do that again at Lowe's Creek this weekend. Um, Englewood kind of is what it is. It's, it's a, a one course thing, but there's a couple little sections that we might be able to play with a little bit there. Um, and then for our Mount Morris race at Nordic Mountain, um, we've got all kinds of different things planned for for those courses, and um, Trek has a, so many choices that it won't be hard for us to have two courses there either. So um, it's been successful for these first two races. It's our intention to keep it going the rest of the season. But at Trek, we're going to make sure the jumps are at least smaller than the riders, right? That's going to be the <laughs> 18 inches. That's our max. That's so perfect. because We have to be able to roll it. So, and it's faster to keep your wheels on the ground anyway. It is, it is, but you see those jumps at Trek, they're there and they are real and we're not going on them, I hope. We will not be, those will not be part of the course, no. no. Sorry, everybody. Okay, not so, like a, not like a, enough for us. No, that, that, no yeah. we are limited a little there. So as we move into the split races, um, we there's always a question about the scoring and how how that works because half the league raced down at Manuka and then now we'll see the other half race at Eau Claire, and then we'll come together at Englewood if I've got myself together right. How does that work when we go into like where who's the leader, who's leading in points? How how do you handle that? 
Sure. It, that is a really good question, especially because last year, um, in our first year of doing this bi-week schedule, we scored it actually differently than we're scoring this year. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, just as a, a flashback, last year, um, we had our our three races here, the, the second, third, and fourth races were each raced, um, each team raced two out of the three. So we had to go to this sort of very um, complicated racing averages last year to maintain um, continuity in the scoring that we could keep track of throughout the season. Because what we have been able to change that this year, and it's much simpler again, because everyone's racing at Englewood, and this is, so this is how it works. Everyone raced at Cable. Um, so they, the high school athletes accumulated points. They had the opportunity to accumulate points at Cable. Then half of the league races in Waukesha and half of the league is racing in Eau Claire. So by the time we get to Englewood, all of the athletes would have had the opportunity to race twice. So we're back to even again. Then we go to Nordic Mountain and same thing happens. We do a half and a half, but everybody by the time we get to Trek will have evened out again. So we haven't had the need to use the average system this year. But what will probably happen at Englewood and even at Lowe's Creek next week, we issued leaders jerseys at Manuka. And when we have our race at Eau Claire, there may be some athletes who overtake the leaders from the Manuka race, just given the, the points that they've scored in their two races versus the points the athletes have scored at Cable and Waukesha. But what we will then do is allow though anyone who has a leader's jersey gets to wear it at least once. So at Englewood, we might have two or three athletes in the race all wearing a leader's jersey because it's their first opportunity to do so. Once we have finished Englewood, we will reset and we'll have a, a true points leader, provided we don't have any ties. We'll have a true points leader again after Englewood that will carry us into Mount Morris. So that's a really complicated explanation, but because we have that race in the middle where we're all together again, we don't have to do that average system. We will just have everybody accumulate their points. We'll even out at Englewood, accumulate again and even out at Trek. One thing I will mention though, this only applies to the high school kids. The middle school athletes, we don't have such an emphasis on points and cumulative scoring because the focus of our middle school athletes is exposure to the racing experience. It isn't designed to be as competitive and that's across all NICA leagues. That's not just in Wisconsin. So those athletes don't have those cumulative points and leaders and all of that sort of thing. We just set the next, the upcoming race based on the prior race. Um, just to give those kids some sort of sense of, of where they're at and so that it's safe for starting. And we have typically then um, the kids who are racing a little faster in the front of the waves um, and working our way towards the back of the waves just for safety purposes. But the high school scoring is where it gets a little complicated. Middle schoolers, not quite as much. So is that is there an explanation of that in the race guide by chance? Yes, there is. So section guide. six has all of that. If you go into the, the NICA handbook, it's not only in the event guide, but in our event guide, there's a link to the NICA handbook. Okay. And in the NICA handbook, it's section six. That's where uh, we talk a lot all about the scoring. And then within that, it will guide you to some of the league specific exceptions in Appendix B, Wisconsin exceptions, um, because there are some things we do that are a little different than other leagues. Um, there aren't many leagues that have a bi-week schedule. So we have a few um, different uh, different standards that we have forward in our appendix of that handbook. But happy to answer anybody's specific questions about that because it is complicated. Uh, but we have an awesome scoring 
um, member of our staff, his name is Andy, and he has he's a wizard at these sorts of things and um, has a, an amazing computer program that deals it all out for us. So um, we're we're not um, often you know furiously doing math behind the scenes. We're we're relying on Andy's very um, pre-calculated scoring system to sort this all out for us. All right. Are there any concerns that you have with anything with the season at this point or moving forward that we should be talking about? Well, I think um, we are super excited about all of the, the young athletes and young families that are part of our league. And we focus so much on the education of our athletes. And we do so much training for our coaches to give them the tools they need to lead our athletes. I think something we could do better at is educating our spectators. And uh, because coming to a mountain bike race is a unique experience. It's not like going to a, a soccer game or a, a basketball game or a hockey game where you're kind of sitting in one place, even though you might be jumping around with excitement. Uh, being a spectator at a mountain bike race is really different. It's um, you have to move around the course. You can see your athletes in lots of different places, but we really need to educate our spectators on how to do that safely. Um, our course tape is up for a reason. We will put in crossing spaces and gates when we can, but what we really want to educate our spectators on is to respect that course tape, stay on the, the not course side of it, <laughs> um, but we can't also, we can't tape the whole course. So in the spaces where there is not course tape, you're free to move more freely around those spaces, but you need to have awareness of what's going on around you and looking behind you and in front of you and watching for racers and listening to people who are calling out that riders are coming um, and those sorts of things to be safe. Um, we also, uh, I guess something that happened this past weekend that we would like to remind people of is, is you can't really run along the side of your athlete. You can watch them go by, but then you gotta let them keep going. Um, and, and not get on the course with them. Um, and then when if, if an athlete has a mechanical issue, we have rovers uh, out there that can help them with that. That's not something the spectators should jump in and be part of. Um, the athletes have the experience um, and the tools and the wherewithal to fix their own bike, and, and they need to do that on their own or with the help of one of our staff. So just that education about to our spectators is probably the one thing we could do better at. Um, and we put all the information in our event guide We'd encourage everybody to read that um, and, and sort of follow the lead of the more experienced parents and, and spectators that are at the events so you know where to go and what to do safely. And just to loop back on the like the bike repairs, um, if someone from not on staff or not a rover were to help assist that biker with their bike, there is a, a substantial penalty that accompanies that. Is that am I correct? That's true. And, you know, we, we want our athletes that the penalties and things come into play because we want um, to have folks understand sort of the gravity and the seriousness of, of what we're doing out on the course. Um, that's why we put those, those penalties are in place for those reasons. We certainly um, are not uh, seeking out penalizing people, but if we do see egregious breaks in our rules, then there are team penalties. There are um, points that athletes can lose. There are time penalties that would be get, get added to athletes' races. So knowing those rules are important so that you don't jeopardize your team's points. Um, there are point deficits that can be put into place for spectators behaving poorly, um, whether that is physically in the space of the race or just being poor sports. Um, there are penalties that can be assessed to teams. So we just want to keep things positive 
keep all of our NICA values at the front of everything that we do and to hope that we are there to, to support our athletes um, within the guidelines of NICA so that everyone can have a successful afternoon. Right. And I think, I mean, even the well-meaning parent that just wants to help their child has to understand that you, you could really unhelp your, your team or your, your athletes. So yes, you um, easily could, if you don't know what's happening, right. You easily so, could do the opposite of what you intend. Right. Um, so know, so know what your limits are. Yeah. Please don't help with mechanicals. Um, we've got medical staff. We have, um, Rover staff. We have the people out there to assist the athletes when they need it. Um, so please let those people do their jobs so that the athletes can, can maximize their time on course and their, their point possibilities. Perfect. Okay, so let's talk about volunteer opportunities. What is most pressing this week? Boy, the most pressing thing we are struggling with this year is parking. Um, what we need at a lot of our venues is help just sort of directing traffic throughout the day. We map out or rope out our parking. So we've got lanes, we know where people need to go. Um, but it's a matter of getting all the cars parked in a straight line, parked um, close enough to each other that we can maximize the space. We know that loading and unloading bikes requires some space, um, but we've got to get as many cars into our parking facilities as we can. So we're looking for parking greeters who can be friendly, who can point people in the right direction um, and help us keep that parking organized throughout the day. Those work in, um, I think, 90 minute to two hour long shifts. And those folks who are helping us with parking earn a t-shirt for doing so because it's a big job. Um, so we definitely could use some help there. We also can always use help with tearing down the course and tearing down the infield at the end of the day. Um, we're also looking for people to help um, monitor our feed zone. And we look for people to work at our finish line. Um, but I think this weekend, probably the most pressing need is going to be parking. Um, and even on Saturday morning, helping getting campers into their proper spot on the court on the on the grounds so organizing all the organizing all the people is an important job for our volunteers awesome and then staging times is always a question but that is readily available and where can we find that again renee that is in our event guide so yeah. um <laughs> we have that on our homepage of our website you can go to wisconsinmtv.org you can find the um, event guide right there on the homepage. And you'll want to make sure that you're looking at the, um, the half league schedule that falls for Manuka, Lowe's Creek, and Nordic Mountain. They're slightly different um, when we only have half the league there versus the full group. Um, so look for that half league schedule. Our varsity boys start staging at 8.15. Our middle schoolers start, uh, eighth graders start staging at 1.50. And uh, at the end, our day should wrap up about 3.15. So that'll get everybody um, on course and, and through a successful race. So all day long, we've got uh, different categories starting at different times. That race guide or that event guide rather will give you all the information you need. And I, we can't really stress enough. If you have a question, look to the event guide. It's, it's most often there. Most of the time, that's where you're gonna find it. And um, if it's not there, uh, it's probably also on the website or your team director has that information. You can certainly send questions in, but I gotta, I gotta say, I get about 200 emails a day and it takes a long time to get through them all. So if you can find the information, um, through the, the materials we've put out there, it'll save you some time too, um, rather than waiting around for me to get back to you. Okay. Anything else <laughs> we should cover before we wrap this up? 
Um, boy, it's been a really, we've had wonderful weather. We've had great racing so far this season. I just am excited that um, we still have five races to go um, over the course of the next six weeks and, uh, and just good things are happening here in Wisconsin. We're really excited about it. So we, we love talking about it too. So we appreciate the opportunity. We do. All right. Well, thanks so much, Renee, and we'll see everybody at the race. See you at the race. Thanks, John. Thanks again for listening. We wish luck to all the racers on the course this weekend. We'll see you on the trails.